Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends, and then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writers' room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu, whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Hi, I'm Kate Berlant. I'm Jacqueline Novak. And this is Poog, an ongoing conversation about wellness between two obsessive friends. Two untamable intellects. This is our hobby. This is our hell. This is our naked desire for free products. This is Poog. Today's topics, loosely speaking, Open Gates, The Rosary, Phantom Twin. So some technical difficulties this week have actually led to something I've been hoping would happen for some time which is digging into the vaults. What are the vaults? The vaults are early recordings where there was a, a, whoo, I, I, an energy that one can never retrieve once one is enjoying the fruits of a successful podcast, once one's enjoying an audience, loving it, et cetera, et cetera. This is us, you know, truly in, uh, speaking, talking to each other into the, into the abyss. And I've been begging, I've been begging, I've been been telling our producer Theta find find the motherhood conversation. There was a motherhood conversation, and I think there's some really good stuff in there. So, um, so yeah, this is a, a vault episode. I have nothing to add. I wanted to give a very due shout out to the brilliant book Motherhood by Sheila Hetty, uh, which was a seminal text for me. Not to use seminal in reference to a book about motherhood written by a woman, right. but um, an I versus an E, I believe, uh, should keep us safe. Wow, and I've been rendered a fool live. <laughs> but uh, yes, pick up the book, listen to the app. Yeah, and we're just going to drop you in to the sweet spot. I think. I mean, I mean, right? Why I'll not? Drop them right? right just, in. I mean, I think you guys can handle. Sort of. I mean, if this were terrestrial radio, as we always call it, what? I mean, it happens all the time. You turn it on, and it's a, blah, 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 you know, middle of a yeah, convo. Yeah. Where were we? Yeah. Um, and I frankly resent when they try to ground you in, in where you were. So in you go, people. Enjoy yourselves. This is the motherhood episode. Well, how do you picture? Do you have a vision of your in your head of what like when I go into the abstract place of like? You know, what it what it means in the future to become a woman that doesn't have children. You know, like, will I regret it when I'm 70, whatever? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, for whatever reason, always picture this scene unfolding in what was my grandmother's apartment post-divorce from my grandfather. 
in Manhattan. It was this glorious, glorious apartment with this kind of ornate and 60s, but it was just, it was unbelievable. Mm. And I always picture myself in there alone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And like, I'm both happy to be alone, but my only fear in life is that by virtue of ADD, like I don't notice years passing. And so I miss out on things due to that. Right. But I'm kind of like, I cannot... I just, I resent the concept of the body's clock, okay? Of course. And the running out of eggs and whatever. I, I, I deeply resent that. And I, I like refuse to be in the prison of my own body's age. Like to me, it's like, excuse me? You know, like, totally. no, like maybe I'm just, I am a like archetypal male cowboy. And that's who I am. I hear you. And like, if you want me to have kids, you, you're going to have to trap me into it. Just like a cowboy i completely relate to that like get knocked up by me and then like pressure me into like swinging through between cowboy adventures yeah and (laughs) i swing between the visions i have of myself as we all do and one of them is that kind of the 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 loner or you know like the lone wolf like creating my own path like all of that but then i do deep inside of me have a hyper kind of normie urge for christmas (laughs) (laughs) and like that stuff and like meaning picturing a christmas with a family children are cool like sometimes you you're around a kid and you're like god damn it's kids like like, i can see in which it is really interesting to raise children and i can see in the ways in which it is it can be creative or it can be about creativity and discipline and it is a way to structure your life it is a way to impose time on your life in a way that i understand when people do it it is cool to be like my kids won this year. My kid turned two. And then, you know, it's like your life then becomes organized according to your child's life. And that is profound. And I think profoundly helpful. But what's funny is that at the risk of sounding completely arrogant, I like my life. Yes. Right. So I'm kind of like, I think, sorry, I think a lot of people have children because that's when they think their life begins or starts. Right. Like, okay, I'm waiting to have, get married and have kids. And then the real meaning comes into play and I can finally begin. I've already started oh, for sure. Wow. I don't the thought right. of never having kids doesn't make me drop to my knees and like weep. No. It's it fills me with a certain kind of curiosity of like, huh. But part of me is like, if I'm enjoying my life, and this could all change, I could absolutely in like three years or five years be like, oh just kidding, I'm desperate to have kids. But yeah, right now, hell no. And that's why I almost it's like almost wanting the trap. That's what's so kind of devastating is being like, right. like I still kind of am like, like last night, truly woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, be knocked just up. do it. Fuck it. Just get knocked up. And then in three years, you'll have a three-year-old. You will have done it out with it, but it's really wrapped up. And then Sheila Hetty also talks about this. Sometimes when you're a woman being a mother, is about being a good daughter. You're a good daughter through becoming a mother. Mm. And that's a really dark. Well, I remember my mother, I got so like mad because this isn't like how my mother speaks, but she, on this one occasion, like it's it's almost like she gave herself the permission to speak in a voice that isn't even her own in order to express the following sentiment, which she knew wouldn't be cool if she expressed it like in her own kind of language, you know? Mm-hmm. So like she was like, she was like, when are you going to give me a bunch of grandbabies or something? Totally. Gonna, which is not yes. what her voice sounds like. Like, yes. like you're going to give me lots and lots of grandbabies. Like, wow. And I was so irritated and she knew I would be. Um, yes. That's why she went into the voice, you know, totally the joke voice to cover the thing. but. I was like, ew, like, I'm not here to serve your desire for grandchildren. Like, I don't know. It's just like, I mean, that's that's it. And she has otherwise put no pressure on me. I mean, you know, it has, that has not come through. I've had thoughts like literally like I know they got pleasure from coming to see my show in New York. Right. Oh, profound. Like, I know they got a lot of pleasure. If you from were that. my daughter. Like if you like I want to <sighs> have kids so that you can be my daughter. It's hilarious. I feel that way about my friends like. John, like if John right. my son, like hell yeah. Oh my like, god. Like I do like And yet, Kate, no guarantees. I mean Well, that's what's beyond. so scary. <laughs> you could get a total dud. Beyond a dud. You could get a, a dud is hilarious. Dud no, is a that, hilarious here's, here's term for a human question, being. And I haven't yes. seen the formal yes. literature. Can you guarantee against getting a dud? If you yourself, if you do all the right stuff, can you still end up with a just dial tone? Do you mean of a like child? vitamins, like prenatal vitamins, no, or do you I mean, mean like, like no, no? I'm oh, anti raising, raising. I mean like we read to them right when they were born, and they were always at the dinner oh, table, Kate, absorbing the fascinating no conversations. Baby. No guarantees, it's terrible. No guarantees, okay. And in fact, like efforts to raise a kid like they are a piece of clay, exactly, uh, is its own profound 
damage. So that's the other thing. Nurturing the child, okay, in all these ways, right? And the interesting conversation. And I want them to be around different kinds of da da da. And, and what, you know, I mean, Ew, heinous. Every version of it that you try to imagine. And that's why people experience, like, they sometimes experience, like, the reverse trauma that their parent endured because the parent is trying to. It's almost like um, if your parents' parents were on drugs or, or something like that and there was no stability, mm-hmm. right? Then they, when they raise you, want to give you what they didn't have. So they do hyper stability. And it's oppressive. You know, right. you know what I'm saying? So like your attempt to offset what your own parent did to correct for. It's it's like me. Like I always almost wished my parents because I'm so like self-flagellating around. I, I was always like, why didn't they push me harder? Like, why didn't they like beat me for getting a A minus <laughs> into getting an A like or an A plus? Like I was like furious. Yeah. <laughs> and I always joke about this, but that I had to like siphon parental pressure like off of like my friends. You know what I mean? Parents who were like. <laughs> Like I'd like go over there and let it like infuse me. That is, um, I like, also raised come back no to discipline. my parents who were like try your best. Like they were like try Same. your best. Like I, they were like you're so special. I mean you're an only child. I'm a third child. Wow. Like, but uh, at the same time they didn't overly so special me. And there are a few examples. Like are you ready? Like where it was like damaging. Like the teacher told my mother that I was something something. She's brilliant. Or something. Okay, let's just say third <laughs> third grade. Okay. Yeah. And I was profoundly insecure. I'll just give you the real story because I'll just give you the real story. Let's I was it. like trying to cover it up to protect the identity of, of someone in my class. Okay. No. But but I'll I'll give it to you now because I think I can protect their identity without. So basically it was like I thought this other kid was smarter than me and better than me. And like there was an active like competition happening. And I always felt like shit about myself because I would make a mistake on these little like math sheets where you plot on a graph the answer to the math problems and then you get a picture once all the points are plotted. Do you remember that kind of thing? Anyway, so it was like (laughs) so the teacher told my mother that there was this rivalry going. Right. And she made a comment, which is kind of inappropriate, but she made a comment to my mother like, well, Jackie's actually much smarter than, you know, which is sort of gross for the teacher to say to to a parent like to. Totally you know, gross. And my mother didn't tell me because like essentially like, didn't want me to get a big head or didn't want to be like, you know, like and I kind of get why she didn't tell me like telling the, that the teacher said that, you know, I'm smarter than some of the no, students no, no. like messed I think up. That was correct. But I had profound like I had a serious self-esteem problem. Like I remember like crying over these worksheets because like I'm not getting the picture. The unicorn is supposed to like appear from the plotted points that are the answers. And it's like I made one error down here and that leads to like it all getting fucked up from there on. And I'm just like I remember like erasing and like literally erasing where, you know, the, the paper is worn away. And it's like the frustration and just feeling like I was like dumb. And um, anyway, I always wish what could I have been if they put more pressure on me slash I'm furious that I was not in this program called Open Gates, Mm -hmm. which some of my friends were like plucked for in the school where like one hour a week during lunch, they would go in and do like harder brain teasers because, you know, the whole thing of like, well, you have to challenge the smart ones or they'll get bored and act out. Right. And I remember distinctly not being in Open Gates. Okay, (laughs) And and that harmed me more than I believe the brain teasers enhanced the life of those who were picked for it. Wow. I'm still wounded. You're still wounded. Anyway, pull me back because there was a reason I got to that. Oh, yeah. Pressure from the parents. Right, right, right. So then like I because I feel that hole of not having been pressured to my full potential. There's a thing in me that it would be hard to not like push my kid a little. I'd be like, well, you know, you'd overcorrect. Opportunities will open up for you if yes. you can push that grade up, and I believe you can. Like, what would I do? I don't know. It's interesting to think it about that. Me. What would you kind me. of overcompensate for that you didn't have in your own yeah. childhood? I was kind of raised. I'm an only child, and again, I was raised. My, you know, my mom had me later. My dad was like 46. My mom was 43 or something. No kids around, really. All my parents' friends, none of them had kids, like except for one couple. So I was. They were artists. exclusively around adults. Yeah, artists. And I was kind of raised a bit. Yeah. My mom recently described it as like kind of feral, like a little bit wild. Like I really didn't have. <laughs> right. I didn't act out, but I kind of didn't have discipline. Right. Per se. You didn't have to act out because you were allowed to be like the feral. Do you think it's because they're artists like, and they're part of like an avant-garde community that they were certainly not going to like be like SATs? Yeah, son, exactly. You know, no, I, th- I think that's true. And like 
my yeah my dad's an artist who was like violently dyslexic as a kid could never do like a lot of like the normal like signs of yeah. like normative intelligence like he couldn't do that yes and i also was sort of like that i did well in school but yeah like right. physically incapable of doing math and stuff and of course add and all of that but i mean that's the story that always comes up that i feel like is kind of the story of like okay so that's how i was raised was like mm. my fourth birthday party or something at my house me being completely naked and there's home video of like everyone else is dressed mm. in their clothes and i'm just no. completely naked in a top hat <laughs> oh my god wait is that it's probably not but you know that like classic photo of you curly haired photo of you i mean you always have curly hair yeah but there's like a naked ish photo of you really that's, my bir- that's the birthday and i'm in my mom's that's lap literally it and i'm yeah in a, in a top hat naked and by now, the way were, you might who were think the friends? there's kind of a cartoon what who were these kids is what i want to know after like were they artists your parents dada friends the only there was only one child in that world what? my parents friends they had one right. friend that had kids everyone else did not have kids also feral semi-feral yeah really? <laughs> but what's also because i feel like the story is painting my parents i'm from la right california artist yes my parents also aren't really like that they're not like right they are like hippies in the sense that they both attended the summer of love right but like they aren't <laughs> like they're not woo-woo people they're not like like yeah but i have to question that story of like okay so i was naked and my it was never <laughs> like what do the other parents think like what do the other kids think and then i actually i think I mean, I that could be a huge memory for them probably and i did have a lot of nudity like i used to show my vagina at school and stuff like so i definitely was into like getting attention but i think when you're that little it's like that's what like performance is like telling a joke is showing your vagina it's the same thing right so, right right i went with little mermaid you know renditions but nonetheless oh. I, I mean performance performance i mean i danced but, to madonna i there's also a video of, of yeah my whole birthday party captive and i'm dancing no to just madonna that's pretty interesting wait but i interrupted you before and i wanted to get to it because it was saying like uh the top hat and it seems this one way but actually oh it just seems like that's overly like i was raised with like oh there certainly were rules it's or ways creating a picture to be yeah. yeah like i didn't did you ever get in trouble uh with my parents grounded grounded so to speak i got in trouble a couple times for sure and i have memories of like i was always kind of scared of my dad because my dad was just like big and had like a deep voice <laughs> and right, like right. i was much more raised my mom was like my my caretaker my dad was physically yeah. there but he was you know workaholic like in the studio like i saw him at dinner but i wasn't he wasn't my caretaker <laughs> saw, him. <laughs> saw him at dinner but didn't you call him mama yeah so famously my my mom went like to paris see this is why i'm like okay cool so my mom went to paris for like a week with her best friend when i was little yeah and then i started calling my dad yeah. mommy because he was doing so cute. the mom stuff and then that kind of stuck and sometimes i'd be like annoyed in high school and be like oh mom to my dad yes and even really fascinating now I've, I've many times slipped and called my boyfriend mom which i think is like the other <laughs> sign of, of love but also like has the intimacy gone too far <laughs> But my dad, who's a very gentle, sweet person, but, you know, never really wanted kids and certain kind of more normative, like parental duties or ways of mm. being with kids just didn't really come natural to him. He and I became close when I turned like 17 and started being into comedy. Then we could like connect on that because he was obsessed with art and it was like, we each mm. had like a thing, but, oh, but discipline, like I do have, but so I was always a little bit scared of my dad just because he was so big and, right. little, and like a mystery to me. And I do have memories of him. Like I have one memory of him screaming that he was going to throw my rollerblades over the like backyard wall because I had like left them out in the way. Because I used to rollerblade in the house. Oh, oh, and you left them at, which are a danger. Yeah, like kids aren't supposed to, like I rollerbladed in the house. Oh my God. There were things like that that I definitely did. But then I never acted out. Like in high school, I never, it's almost, I mean, like at the time I remember almost being embarrassed. Like I never hated my mom. Like I never got in like big fights with my mom. Mm. I was always like, yeah. love you. Like, I like was very close with them. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I almost think I'm having more of an adolescence now, kind of as an adult, because yeah. I, I never... Finally breaking the cord. Finally kind of breaking the cord a little bit because I never had that urge because I also felt like I was able to kind of... Like, I felt their presence, but it wasn't overly domineering. I didn't feel like I had to... Right. Like, fulfill their expectations of me, exactly. No, I think you want to have a... Um, the leash should be loose, so to speak. The leash I mean, should with the kid, I, Because if it's too tight, there they go. I mean, they go off to college 
and it's immediate. I mean, I'm, I just remember like in college, like seeing profound binge <laughs> drinking yeah. and like whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like, like in response to the strict, I mean, it was always like such an embarrassment because it was like, it was always the, you know, the ones who with the strict parents that were just like face down in the totally. puddle of gin or whatever, <laughs> as you say, <laughs> okay, with their like ass in the air with a beer bottle in it or whatever. It was like, it, it was like totally. oh, yeah, them. And, and it's like they, they so ill prepared them and in that way. And it just it's. um No, it's really there is like a certain casual where I'm brittle. Like, and that's what makes me kind of like, that'd be cool to have a kid. Like you could sort of again, you don't know who you get. My ultimate narcissism, my deep prayer yeah. that my child is me. But I just repeat, like, like that's like the darkest thing that like shall not be uttered. But like the deep narcissism that I'm like, if I could press a button and just have myself, I would. Oh God, that's bad. That's unsavory. That's but because also that's so good. The lack of rebellion because of like I would also press a button and have you. There's two children you're willing to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John too, I guess. John Three. too is in there. But there's very few. <laughs> but like that's... What about your parents? Them as children? Would you take either of them? Yeah, I would definitely take my mom. And my dad too, because my, my parents both were really scared of having a boy because they were like, who's going to do boy things with him? Because my, my dad is like oh. very not into... Like he's not... They were worried they wouldn't be able to normalize him into... They were terrified of having a boy. Both of them. That's so funny. <laughs> and then here I am <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised in a way that they wouldn't be excited to raise like raise a boy without the like, you know, forcing sports on him or totally, whatever. Totally, like the crushing masculinity that would have just never been imposed. But then maybe... To react against that, their son would have been like a terrifying man because it would have been like, <laughs> so, my dad's no, a pussy, course. like being yeah, raised yeah, with no, that. He would have like run towards those things like he'd long for them. I mean, that's like the comedy of um, family ties. Anyway, son, Alex P. Keaton, the comedy of his role was that he was like a young conservative. You know what I mean? Like in reaction to the parents. Totally. Well, here's the thing that I see myself as being reactive slightly, which is like gentle. I was raised with so few rules and kind of zero familial obligation. Like I didn't, I wasn't raised around family. Yes. My mom, my dad's family, like literally never like heard a single word of them. My mom's <laughs> family, I was very close with, had cousins, but they lived far away. And then my grandparents were like, not in my life. So it was like, wasn't like, oh, Sunday night, we always go to grandma's or we have to go to uncle whatever is and see that like there was none of that. So that became very exotic totally. to me. The idea of like enforced social mm. gatherings or like obligation to family. And right mm. now I have obligation to family because I am close with my cousins, but, and I do actually appreciate like my dad is kind of on the far end of that, of like, he feels absolute zero familial obligation, or there's this kind of thought of like, right. What you don't need to spend time with people that you're not, that you don't feel emotionally like, connected to or intellectually connected to like just because totally. they're in your family doesn't mean the shit. independent model, which is really inherent cool, loyalty model. So there's like, uh, kind of slip into some like not great territory but yeah i because i think the only child thing recognizing my parents were like not normal or something i fetishize yeah. these kind of normative things of like familial obligations right. or i was obsessed with like the ford explorer like the suv because my parents never had that so it was like <sighs> this idea of like <laughs> like my best friend's dad was a doctor and they had a ford explorer and i was like no oh my god like that was so just exotic to me and this idea of like the dad who had a real job because my dad worked at home. Mm. He was an art, you know, worked in like the oh, studio. Right. The classic, what does your dad do question in like kindergarten, right? And yes, you said exactly. he taps, right? Yeah. My dad because... uses, makes art with a hammer and nails. And they asked, what does your daddy do? And I said, he taps, like tapping <laughs> nails. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like dad's tapping. Like that's what it was. And I was like market research. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember like a rude about my dad. And I remember like a, like a rude, um, a rude like first grade teacher or something being like being like and what does that mean you know it's like fuck you you know i don't know oh my god so mean <laughs> but oh you know, so just in closing i'll say i have an urge for ritual yes and things because i didn't really have it as a kid like for example when i was a child yes. i was determined to find god and religion because there's no religion whatsoever in my household and so i went to hebrew school but then i dropped out to do the school plays but then i was like really into like i went to christian camp I was like, I want God. I was like, I want some like order or structure or rules. Wait, when did you go to Christian camp? Wait, Wait didn't I? I mean, I went Jewish, as a no? camper and then I was a counselor at a Christian camp Wait, when I was like 15. Are both parents Jews? Okay. So how much time do you have? So my dad, yes. My dad's like Brooklyn <laughs> Jew. 45 episodes is what we got. Yeah, exactly. For the first season. 
<laughs> so my dad's a like full-blown Jew and it's like the family line is like boom Israel like it's very it's all there yes my mom is was raised by Spanish immigrants and my name yes. is Mendez Berlant and Mendez is like a very Jewish name in Spain it's like having the name Cohen and mm. my grandfather was a diamond dealer in like the Jewish like ghetto in Spain before they moved and there are all these signs that they were Jews including my grandmother yeah, apparently at her deathbed proclaiming that they were Jews and apparently a photograph like revealing of my, it. Yeah. Or talking about it. And oh, apparently wow. there's a photograph of my great grandfather in Cuba wearing a yarmulke. And my mom Damn. says that when my mom started dating my dad, my grandmother was so thrilled that he was Jewish and it was like <gasps> a really big thing for her. And it was, she it was sort of like, we don't know why it was just like, that was an energy. Yeah. And they just were like, they didn't know why. Right? Yeah. But then there's other people in the family who are like, we're Jews. And then there's some people Jews. who are just like, are we? Like, no, we're not. But there was no, there's oh no religion in my family whatsoever. That's so funny. Like, well, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the familial obligation stuff comes in with, with religion. I mean, I feel like that's one of the main ways oh, yeah. that a lot of families get the obligation piece in where it's like, well, this is just, you know, this what is we what do. we do. You know, you go to church, right? It's so like, like okay, we got so to go to the yeah. communion. We got to go to the whatever. And because my parents, their marriage, because as I've said, I feel like somehow I bring it around to this in every episode, <laughs> but like conservative rabbi and wife, grandparents. Yes. My mom was the only daughter that married a non-Jew. Yeah. And because it was such a, a shit show, it was like my mom, you know, really never wanted to put pressure, create guilt, pressure, any of that kind of stuff, you know, in her family, on her children, because it was so it was such a trauma in a way for, yeah. for her. Right. So we didn't do I mean, I knew I was half Jewish and we would celebrate Jewish holidays like in our home, some high holy days, you know, Passover. We would go to temple sometimes on get tickets, um, get tickets, mm -hmm. you know, and go to temple for, for, for holidays. And then we celebrated Christmas in a very like non-religious fashion, just like Same. Christmas, Christmas is just a thing like we the do. Organizing Christmas is like thing of the year in my we house. Celebrate Coca-Cola's Christmas, you know, like Santa Claus was invented. Totally. By and that's like my grandmother, it's my something... dad's mom, who was like a hardcore yeah. Jew also celebrated Christmas. And she was like, it's yeah. capitalism. My, my grandparents were really like on the blacklist. Like they were full Jewish, like commies, like full blown. <laughs> and she was like, why wouldn't I have Christmas? It's fun right and there was yeah. no attachment to it yeah. as like this need to preserve jewish yeah. identity through not celebrating christmas right so like we didn't go to hebrew school and there were do um, you have a mom it's nope whoa because <sighs> neither did i nothing and i believe that i mean this is oh, jesus i exhaust myself okay but like i believe that being othered early uh <laughs> leads to the comedian identity yeah. or whatever okay but i do feel like if you have and everyone has this to a certain extent but if you have areas where you feel in one world and another world simultaneously that that conflict mm. like you know visiting my grandparents and i don't know the prayers you know barely Oof. and my cousins do and it's like we're sitting there and i feel like the heathen child but then over like i've never been to church you know i'm celebrating christmas and and there's this feeling of not being part of it there so it's like and then kids telling me i can't you, you can't be both you can't be half. You can't. You can't be both. Is your mother or your father Jewish? Right, you know, right, this right. Is what the Jewish oh kids my say. God. Right. Your mother is. So you're Jewish. You know. Yeah. And then like, like others, like, well, you can't be half. Like, you know, whatever. It was like. Ew. I think that's one reason that I've always felt no hesitation to kind of read anything and everything spiritually, metaphysically, whatever. Yeah. And even fetishizing, like you say. You, you fetishizing the Ford Explorer or whatever. Like, I've always yearned to, like, be, like, running off to confession regularly, <laughs> oh okay? Well, I and, learned like, the rosary. I've always wanted a cross. I learned the rosary when I was, like, 12 years old, and I'm not kidding. I felt God, like, enter my body. I had a complete religious experience because I was oh in a deep God. meditative state. <laughs> I, was, I learned the rosary. I was repeating it over and over and over again on my knees, and I felt Christ enter my goddamn blood. And I was, like, buzzing and it was amazing hey it's why kids are so susceptible that to that stuff did you feel it from above it's into your head like a crown yes i mean i i just remember i'm just curious about the sensations yes i would say it's from it was i just remember like my body vibrating and this like my feeling God. of like so yeah something kind of touching my head and going all the way down and re repeating it you know our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name the kingdom come thy will be done on Wait, earth as is it is that in heaven. the rosary yeah i mean is that what you Give say when you're doing the rosary bread. Yeah, right? There's like that one. Forgive us our trespasses of the fruit of the womb, Jesus. 
shocked. Yeah, and so I, I've always had that. My mom took me to like hear the Dalai Lama speak, you know, because she was into Buddhism right. and like yes. And so I always had famously that for meditated God. once and has been talking about it for twenty years or whatever. Exactly, she meditated once in the nineties and never stops talking about it. <laughs> Wait, there's so much I want to say. One, so my dad, when he was a little boy, his parents were Gentiles, but not religious. So they celebrated Christmas. That was it. Cool. And he went over to someone's house for dinner, you know, at a friend's house. And they were like, Greg, would you like to say the Lord's Prayer before the oh. meal? Okay. Which, by the way, is psychotic. That's so to mean. Just put that on some kid. A child. And my dad was like, I don't know it. And it was terrible. And then he thus taught us literally like if in the case that we found ourselves in that situation <laughs> and he would do this thing it was like if he were like tucking me in he would do this speed version of the lord lord's prayer by the way i always thought sort of thought it was like when you learn lyrics when you're like little it was like thought it was um thy kingdom come i will be done <laughs> okay <laughs> like thy kingdom come i will be done on earth as it is in heaven like i knew that like the grammar was off i knew something was wrong but i basically thought it was saying like your kingdom I will come to when I am done on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, not bad. See, all of this now, I'm like, I, now I want kids again. Make yourself a cup of tea. It's time to settle in and listen to some ads. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu. Don't want to find out how he met their mother? Then go back with the Dunphys, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett-Tuckers in Modern Family. Start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And see what's up in the Kyle household, in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Can you even watch all this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, you had a spiritual initiation, and we're going to talk about that later. Okay, this vibration. Okay, I've seen it a thousand times in the workshops I attend. Oh, completely. Your, I mean, your Christ-like thing. I really want to get into. I remember it so clearly. Okay, it's huge. And then two, I want to return to the the dud thing. Okay, Oof, the, yeah. dud, the question of dudism. Okay, <laughs> it's not just dud. It's <sighs> if you just don't. It's like, I, I remember my dad said specifically, like. I remember he once said this to me. I, I mean, I was a kid or a teenager or something, but he's like, these parents that think that their kid is just like clay that they get to mold, right? He's like, not only are they wrong, but, you know, it messes them up, totally. right? And it's just like, no, you come in with something. <laughs> and exactly. And, and that's, they are their own people that incarnate. It's, that it's might cool, have man. no connection. That's the interesting thing. And like the way that they might be completely different from you. It, I mean, there's there's like spiritual ideas that I happen to enjoy about like you incarnate into like the family you need <laughs> or whatever, cool. like to teach you, you know, so that you can, you know, whether it's like, oh, like your monstrous father or something like your soul was like, give, give me a shot, you know, like drop me in there because I need to learn how to stand up for him whatever it's all i love to oversimplify these things but, but yeah you do not know who's going to appear i love your dad for saying that because it's true they're not just clay that you mold and with like clarinet lessons boom you're gonna get like yes this little great kid that's you're so excited about like but then that's so fascinating the things that just do make an impression or the ways that obviously we traumatize our children or we're traumatized by our parents yes the things that we inherit what I mean, it's you know, it's the age old question: nature, nurture, right? Or it's all of that stuff. But a lot of it's nature. Is it nurture? Where do oh, they yeah. arrive? Do they arrive at something where they like, and eh, it's nature, kids? Or they were like, it's nurture. I feel <laughs> like the eighties oh, were all about nurture, and then the nineties it was like, oh wow, like nature right. is really it's there. It's nurture. Well, 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 they had to say like, guys, the nurturing is off. So please note how you destroyed your children. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, the classic, the classic, and boy, do I love a identical twin separated at birth. That's story. what I was thinking. Give and it to me a thousand ways. They and both that crave was pesto. It's like they both love pesto, but one of them's and a murderer. This, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this one has shit skin, as they'd say. Um, no, no, no. Identical twins are our only opportunity for research. Like identical twins hold the answers. And my greatest fear is having twins because one boy, one girl. You wouldn't be able to cheat them equally. Wait, one boy, one girl. Two girl, twin girl, girl dream. No, twin girl nightmare. Because also the eating disorders alone, oh. you're going to be up all night having to correct that stuff. Like that <laughs> is brutal. You're going to up all night just the um, inevitability of the, of the constant comparison, little, like a bird putting food in their mouth, yes, and like with a little syringe squeezing it under the tongue. Treating Wait. two individuals as a unit is so terrifying, and that's I think what inevitably happens with twins a lot of the times. Yes. The, yes. Oh, mama, I just. No. Or the set or the way that then the attempts to individual. Well, she's a sweet one and she's the go getter. The need to, like the the need the to individuate, to, to individualize yeah. leads to like the this kind of, you know, false pigeonholing. It's fascinating. It's so you know, cool. It's also something so amazing about twins and the bond they had and all that. It's like to all the twins. Listening, oh, yeah, I'm I love not that saying stuff. that there's anything wrong with you <laughs> to, to the twin audience. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, you don't think you could to the twin. Well, actually, Poog is a notoriously twin heavy audience. Yeah, a lot of twins. Almost 75, 75 percent of our listeners are a twin group. What? Not, is there twin I'm not saying 75 percent. And when I say 75, let's say we had 100 listeners. OK, and obviously we don't. OK, but I, I find it harder to work with big bigger numbers so let's reduce Impossible. it to 100 right okay now i say 75 percent are twins okay i don't mean 75 people are part of a twin group okay i mean 75 sets of twins Ooh, and then 25 individuals well i want all the twins my mother famously prayed for twins because she had me so late in life she was like no. this is my last chance to be pregnant and then of course i had a therapist who was like well you absorbed that you observed because i used I was to have say, this feeling of a phantom twin 
And it was something that I still find myself doing. Sometimes I count myself as two people. Like it happens in ordering food. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, two. Hey, like I, I count myself as two. This is huge. And I've had that feeling of a twin. And I used to, I think it's also an only child thing. I spent a lot of time alone, like playing in my room. Yes. And I kind of had to keep Looking myself for the company. Other. And there was this feeling of another person of like playing. Like there was like, I wasn't alone. There was this twin feeling. And of course it took my therapist, who I would no longer see, but who I wrote a gorgeous thank you letter to. And who reached out when he saw me as the box office girl once upon a time in Hollywood, of course. No. Um, yeah. I had an old therapist appear in the audience of my show oh last summer. She was in like the second row and I found it distracting. That's outrageous. And she was the one say, who famously would fall asleep. Oh, she would fall asleep. That's insane. And so it was That's like a question. Do I entertain you now? My friend had Answer, a therapist and I know you want who would go on hikes on the phone what? while doing phone therapy. The therapist would hike while talking. I was like, fire them <laughs> immediately. And demand half off. That's absolutely insane. Quickly, That's also hysterical. in the therapist file, I've been in therapy since I was like five. But I had my great childhood therapist. I had Caitlyn Jenner's therapist. I was watching a show on E! that was like, I am Kate or whatever when Caitlyn Jenner had that show. And I, I click it on, who do I see? Susan, my beloved Incredible. therapist. No. See, this is where you being raised in L.A., you know, rears his head. It's just like that couldn't have happened for me. You know what I mean? Totally. I mean, and I was in the suburbs of New York. It's not like, you know. I don't know if this story will be interesting. It's just a brief thing that I find kind of profound. It will. So I was in a pumpkin patch <laughs> as a kid. Okay. <laughs> I was in a pumpkin patch. There you were. And I remember I saw Jamie Lee Curtis and I was young. Okay, I, here we go. I was old enough to here know it was go. Jamie Lee Curtis. And it was Jamie Lee Curtis. And I remember <laughs> it very clearly her going, Coco, Coco, <laughs> talking to this little girl, being like, Coco. No. It's a visceral memory. Okay. Flash forward to maybe a year ago, I stumbled upon this Instagram account of this girl named Coco, Coco Bakes, Coco who makes the most incredible Sorry. sprouted organic gluten-free sourdough. It's very expensive, but it's Let so guess, good. filled with uh, maple with syrup. It. I'm following her. I'm buying the bread. Suddenly, she starts posting about Jamie Lee Curtis. Not her mother, but a family <laughs> no. friend. And I realized that when I was little in the pumpkin patch and I had the strong <gasps> memory of Jamie the Curtis saying, Coco, Coco, it's Coco. It's the bread woman. She was hanging out with her family friends. Yes. I, why would I have this memory? And then I'm eating the bitch's bread years later. Have you reached out? No, but have can you, reached you believe out? that? This is I mean, cute. And that's when I'm like, what? The universe... There is meaning. There, we're tied together. Synchronicity, yeah, aka meaningful coincidence. Meaningful, meaningful coincidence. coincidence. I mean, they're everywhere. They, they're unrelenting. This is a big question. I love that. That's a wonderful story, and no one's ever going to forget it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's perfection. I've never but I would like it. you to reach out. At very least, send this clip. This is huge. I think I told as like, someone who John, enjoys the bread. The bread. I have to say. And by the way, I am going to reach out and tell her. Because of the bread I love. The bread is divine. Yeah, Gluten-free sourdough. Mm. Small batch, wait, highly fermented. Wait, you were telling a story before pumpkin. Twin. Oh, that I, um. that I absorbed. Oh, yeah, the therapists. He told me oh, that right, I had right, absorbed right, right. my mother pregnant with me thinking twins, 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 twins. You know, that entered my consciousness. That's, that makes a lot of sense. Now, do you know for sure that there wasn't? How dare you? No, this is rather. No, there wasn't a twin. I didn't like murder my twin in the womb. <laughs> in the womb. I do have a prenatal memory. Wait, I really want to hear your memory. Don't forget it. But imagine. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> imagine um, someone's giving birth. Okay. Maybe it's twins and they see like a head come out okay and then like the, the rest of the body the neck is starting to come out but there's a fist around the neck okay and then <laughs> the arm okay the arm pulls That's the baby horrible. out and is holding the baby by its neck <laughs> and then <laughs> they take it away and then the murderer baby comes out next and that's your baby. Imagine. <laughs> oh my god! Wouldn't that be great in a? That would film? be great. I say that's that an just opening to, film. I mean, that's an opening a, scene. I mean, the hand like. That's. I mean, the baby doesn't have to have been killed. It, it could just be like. No, it shouldn't have been like, killed. It's too hanging brutal. there. Choked. Yeah, yeah. It's totally. Just, just hanging there, and someone has to wrestle it away from the. <laughs> The hand, the hand of the violent baby. I mean, anything where, you know, the baby is Satan, the baby is Satan's spawn, etc. It's so cool. I need to be watching Rosemary's Baby. I'm always interested because that is, you know, the anxiety of of the other that is, you know, the child and who is this alien and all that kind of the stuff. Unspeakable like, you know, the unspeakable clear. Yeah. Well, I actually, I want to quickly get into my prenatal memory, but then I no, want yes. you to talk about, please. I love what you talk about, about, was it Burger? The whole thing of twins, yes, twins Bergson. highlighting. Henri Bergson. Bergson. Yeah, I can't oh, wait to discuss Bergson. it. I have the book here somewhere. <laughs> the art of the comic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really quick, I'll just say 
So I have a prenatal memory. Apparently when I was three, I was describing the womb <laughs> and I was like, where was the place that was pink or something like it fully happened. <laughs> and I have a memory. <laughs> and again, told me this. Is it fabricated? I'll never know. <laughs> but I have this memory and all I see is convex pink. And then there's like this darker line kind of interrupting the frame. Debatably, my AKA umbilical the cord. umbilicus? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kate, it's real because <laughs> what else is that? It's real. It's real. It's curved pink flesh. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I'm sorry. There's it's real. Yeah. OK. And guess what we're going to have to do on Poog? We're going to have to get, um, <laughs> you know, I like to go straight to the top. So ideally, Brian L. Weiss, a.k.a. Oh. author of um, Many Lives, Many Masters. Thank you. Yes, I really I've never read it. I yeah, I've wait. read a few of his books. Regression therapy. Ooh, I'm um, desperate for some of that. And I want some past. We could get stuff. you in there so fast. And, you know, the whole thing with him was that he was clinically doing regression therapy, like re regressing people to childhood memories, baby stuff to like uncover traumas and release them. My old therapist was into that stuff and I could never really go with him. He was like, he wanted to do exercises with me and I was like, it just feels like cheesy. I can't get into it, but I could do it with you. No, totally. Really quickly though, I want you to tell back on the topic of twins. Yes. Twi tell me the Henri Berger. Wait, but you know, the whole thing with, with Many Lives, Many Masters is that he was regressing patients to babyhood and someone kept going. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. And they were like, so it's like childhood. You're like, yeah, I'm in shoes in first grade. Okay. There are my kids. And then like, I need that. Oh, hospital ceiling. Wah, wah. Okay. <laughs> and then it was like, it was like they went to, and then it was like, I'm crouched under a tree, like with an, I don't know, whatever. I forget what the specific <laughs> one was, but. They're like, I'm making it shoes. Back it's the year 1842. Yeah. I glance at a calendar hanging on the wall. What's the date? You know, you know. I, I did pass life regression that. once, but I didn't trust the person completely. And, and so it wasn't. But I yeah, I want that. But I feel like because you have this access via the single memory to the womb, I feel like you could get in there fast. And anyway, we'll definitely do that. And we're gonna do a full episode on past life regression and regression. We're gonna therapy. do a full but, many lives, many masters regression. But Bergson's thesis about comedy is that we laugh when we see someone, something being inadaptive, being rigid, okay? Because we, so drama and seriousness and whatever things that move us, transport us in them, we see the body, the person being elevated to their spirit, essentially. A ballerina is not funny when she leaps. Okay. And it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and drama is people taking meaningful action and adapting. Okay. But anyway, so here's the idea. Like, so drama, you see someone making choices and adapting to situations, mm -hmm. right? Comedy focuses more on the unconscious activities, not the things you're choosing to do, but your rigidity. Okay. And it goes all the way down to slipping on a banana peel. Okay. Why is it funny? Because in that moment where they are slipping on the banana peel, they still think they're just walking and down they go. Right, you know what right, I mean? It's right. like, so, and then the idea is like the, the kind of going back to the cavemen laughing thing. Yeah. It was like, we laugh to vocally signal to the person this is like the adaptive, uh, the question of like why this would evolutionarily continue. Like we laugh so that the person is alerted that they have just behaved in an inadaptive fashion. Mm. So you're bringing them back to consciousness, essentially. So a kind of rigidity, mechanical, anything that draws attention to the sudden rigid, mechanical, physical makes us laugh. OK. And mm. and then twins he points out, are inherently comic because they make the human body appear to have just been stamped out with a mold, you know, by God or whatever. <laughs> okay, like almost like it's dehumanizing for there to be someone who looks exactly like you. You know what I mean? You were just stamped with the same mold. The absurdity. Like, boink, boink. Yeah. I mean, it's utterly absurd. Yeah. So there's two of you. And yet different souls, different <laughs> minds. I always tried to this stupid joke about my fear of having twins and trying to develop them individually. <laughs> and it was this joke about like something like, you know, like, no, you're your own person, Tom. I'm Jim. <laughs> okay. It was like trying to convince Tom that no, I see you as your own person, but getting it wrong. I'm talking to Jim. <laughs> Yes. My favorite thing is I know someone who had <laughs> twins and she was like, I can't tell them apart, which is so amazing. It's like you think amazing. the mother would know. Right. But I love that. <laughs> like the babies are home and she's like, I literally have to draw like an X on one of their foreheads to know because it's like, <laughs> OK, who would ever amazing. know? And what if they got switched? I'm Googling something. How could it not happen? You have two twins by accident. You switch no, no. them and then yes. they go their whole lives thinking they're the other one. <laughs> 
but does it, it makes no difference. No, I guess. no, no, no. I, I can't tell you who into this is. Okay, I'm Googling right now Mark Twain, twin, my brother, okay? Because there's a little like three line thing that expresses just that. But anyway, yeah, it was something like, I don't know who I, or like, I am dead. <laughs> I am my brother or something like, like I don't know. It was, I, I forget, like there was another way I, I read that, like that is fucking it up for me. But the right version of it makes you feel like this paradox in your head that is so funny. Well, it's also just something so funny to you about we're reading this now in 2020. It's like Mark Twain told an interviewer. It's like, I know. Uh, anyway, well, it's, you know, it's, it's like this is a very simple idea, but it's stunning to me. OK, like as he sat there being interviewed, he had the feeling that we have right of being right on the very lip the riding the wave of there's nothing in front of us. There's only things behind us. Right. Mm -hmm. Like at any point in history, people have years and years and years and years of human history behind them and nothing in front of them. So we feel we feel like we're at the front of the line. You right. See what I'm saying. Yeah. And so you feel like the most important in this way. Like right. Everything else is in the past. There's no one ahead. There's no one right. in the front of me. And it's like I feel like when we look back on people in the past, we expect them to, <laughs> to know, know the that past. they are not. Yes. Okay. <laughs> to know that they're in the past. And so and, so, and to be like to realize. And so like I've always tried as a result. <laughs> Like it, I've always often even like fantasized about writing a letter like to the future. Like, I know. I know you think I don't know that is the dumb look. I mean, this relates to my my dead photo. Genius. Person, the joke. Genius. Tell it to but the people at home for those who haven't it's had a chance. Just the idea that I had this experience where I'd stare at photos of people who were dead, whether it was relatives or and, and I call them the piano toppers because it's like, you know, the, <laughs> in my parents home, you know, like that's where the dead people go, like in this primo real estate on top of the piano piano <laughs> and, topper is the most genius thing i've ever heard oh my heard. god oh that my is so god. funny jacqueline but i look at them and they look dumb to me because i can tell in the photo they don't realize they're dead now and so it's just this grotesque indignity um <laughs> and so i believe dead. that no. <laughs> and so and i want to be like you're dead you know like maybe wipe that stupid smile off your face like uh, you know and and so I always try when someone takes a photo of me to give a bit of a, a hint of a knowing glance, you know, just something that lets the people know. I, I know I'm dead and I'm coming for you one of these days. You know, wh that whatever. is so genius. I hate the to be a fool. That we, I hate to be a fool. That we put on the past this assumption that they knew they were living in the past. <laughs> Contextualization and that's why, of... I have to say, it's like, that's why global warming, that's why right. we're doomed. Because right. every hundred years, new people. Every hundred years, new people. And everyone... And so the new batch Oh, goes, you mean it doesn't Great. build? Here we are. We, we're incapable of seeing ourselves as in the mm. past or seeing us ourselves as setting up a future oh, for someone else. Right. Just inherently. Right. No, no, right. Like we're doing it for the children. Yeah. I mean, I wait, what is it? I believe the children are the future. Is yeah. that the lyric? Yeah. Okay. Okay. If, okay. Because if it is, it's, it's like the fact that you're stating, I believe the children are the future is suggesting that and when not. we look it up, make sure it is. It is. I it is. Okay. I believe, right? Yeah. And it's like, it's suggesting that it's not just an obvious and absolute truth. Right, right. It's like, I actually I think believe. we got we to get it together because, yeah. yeah. The children are the future. Um, you know, they're not merely something for us to look back on in our twilight years <laughs> and remember raising. But uh, anyway, but on the list, so like Twain is sitting there being interviewed. I mean, particularly when you look at sort of ego-based, you know, showbiz, right, right? Like in Hollywood, like any like pictures of stars in previous, you know, and you see them on their faces, like them enjoying their lives and enjoying being like stars, right? <laughs> and like drinking at fancy parties and they're just, and it's like, oh, you don't realize that you're not at the forefront <laughs> you know yeah they were yeah they were the very newest thing well that's why fashion is interesting God, like yeah. it's so funny it's like this like reckoning with mortality and death and the passage of time there you are on the red carpet right in 1992 thinking you're hot <laughs> shit and that you've got the best outfit and then here we are in the future going you goddamn idiot you thought that was good i know i know i know and this is like do you is there a way to escape 90s. utter vanity yeah is it utter vanity for me to try to escape the the photo that looks like, you know, oh, God, remember when we all wore our hair like that in the 80s, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I try to escape that through like <laughs> what I perceive as like if I just let my hair dry naturally, in theory, that no, I hear what you're might saying. not be in style at any point. Right. 
but at least it won't look like a choice from that time. No, it's the embarrassment of fashion. It's, it's why trying to keep with the latest styles is like very I mean, you know, in the Mac, well, I was, you know, this thing they love to do where they go, they go, oh, we talked to, you know, Sharon Stone about her best looks and her biggest mistakes through the age. And then they, they go through these like they go, oh, yeah, they show them outfits from the past. And yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I mean, I guess it's, in some ways it's comforting because it makes you realize you could survive a bad outfit. You, you know? can survive a tube top. <laughs> yeah. Little something called the ads have appeared again. Off you go. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu. Don't want to find out how he met their mother? Then go back with the Dunphys. The Pritchetts and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Can you even watch all this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. I found the, the actual version of the Mark Twain thing. So the whole thing was okay. a sketch that Mark Twain wrote. Okay, but anyway, here it is. You ready? Yeah. So you see, we were twins, defunct and I. And we got mixed in the bathtub when we were only two weeks old. And one of us was drowned, but we didn't know which. Some think it was Bill. Some think it was me. Brilliant, right? That is. Oh, wait, there's existential. a little more. I'm sorry. There's just a little more. Goodness knows. Goodness knows I would give whole worlds to know this solemn, this awful mystery has cast a gloom over my whole life. But I will tell you a secret now, which I've never revealed to any creature before. One of us had a peculiar mark, a large mole on the back of the left hand. 
that was me. That child was the one that drowned. Wait. Don't mention it to the family. Don't mention it to my family. <laughs> Heaven knows they have heartbreaking troubles enough without adding this. So meaning that he's realizing I'm the other one. I guess he has a mark on his hand. They're like, I don't the know. One it's a died. paradox. Yeah. I mean, he's saying I'm the one who died. I, it might just be a paradox. I don't know. It's so I'll funny the idea of like, it. imagine then you reveal to your mother, it's me. And she comes weeping. Right. <laughs> Bill. <laughs> <laughs> no, ex exactly. That's, that's, that's like what it is. Ridiculous. Okay, two twins that you can't tell apart. Yeah. Like, for example, okay, you were saying about a friend who had twins and, yeah. and like, is there a reason to tell them apart early or are you fucking them up? Like, totally. Maybe you're just treating them like babies. Like, <laughs> and until they differentiate clearly, okay, when they differentiate clearly, then you give them a name. I want a baby now. You do? Yeah. I'm back, bitch. Wow. What about adoption? We'll I know. Totally possible. I mean, that is the only then you're off the thing body to clock. do. And you're off the body clock. Way off, like, honey. Way off. You're not like racing on a deadline. Talking about getting a dud. For the body. Well, I guess in the <laughs> fear of the dud, because if you get the dud, but it's your dud. I mean, I really do believe people adopt kids. The whole, you know, they love them like their own. Like, that's fully true. Mm -hmm. Right. Like there is no like separation. But if you get a real dud, you're like, God damn it. It's for raising oh, someone else's oh. goddamn dud. Oh, like doesn't make the sting sting. Harder. Anytime there are right. Anytime there are problems. Are you I mean, this is sick shit. You're like, oh, well, his grandfather had a vicious gambling addiction. <laughs> and so that's why my kids like gambling for Nilla no wafers one... on the playground. Yes. I mean, it's funny because it's like I would totally adopt. Well, I just like the idea. It's hard. I mean, it's like that's what's crazy. It's like expensive. It's hard. I mean, I also don't know what I'm talking about. It's amazing, though. My one of my one of my closest friends is adopted and she found her birth mom when she was 16. And now they're incredibly close. Like she completely became a huge part of her life. Wow. And now she has like her mom that her mom went on to have two, her mom had her when she was like 16. Her mom went on to have two kids. And now my friend has her birth mom, who she's very close with these two siblings, her adopted mom. And her parents got divorced and divorced. So she has a third mom. Wow. Embarrassment. Wait, of riches. were the siblings? Are they half siblings or were they the same partner? Half. Right. Because it's kind of interesting if like... Can you imagine? It's like you're 16, you give birth, you give your child up for adoption. And then, then you marry 16... that very same high school sweetheart and do have kids with them. That's what I was proposing. Is, oh, yeah. It's no. fun. And they look exactly like two other kids. How would you play the daughter comes to the door scene in a movie or television show? So like, I, you know, you always see it, like there's the, a knock the, on the door. My long lost Someone's daughter. at the door. Okay, yeah, you'll be the long lost uh -huh. daughter. Like you have adult children, whatever. Yeah. Okay. And I'll come to the door. Like I hesitate. Like I'm about to knock. I hesitate and start to walk back to the car. Wait, I'm the mom? Yeah. Okay. okay. Like you have like possibly even adult children at this point. Okay. It's way later. I'm an adult. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like come to the door and like I start to walk away and then I come back. Like it's like, hey, hey, excuse who are me, you? miss. Are you can I yeah. help you? And then and then like I'm hesitating and I'm sort of not saying the words, but you realize and you know. Let's try it. Okay. Excuse me. Can I help you? Oh, sorry. Um, hi. So you can't see my face. The listeners at home can't see my face. My face dropped. I know, but I know, but I thought it'd be interesting to see what came through on audio, even okay, though we're okay. not playing for the radio. It can't be. I'm Jennifer. You can't be um, Jennifer. It's okay if if you want me to go. I just um. Oh, no. I, sweetie, I, sweetie, 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 no. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, was about, I, I feel like there's always a like, well, I just, okay, like, let's let, let play this through, okay? I think you're going to invite me into dinner. You can't be here, Jennifer. <laughs> you can't. I have moved on with the family. I hope you're all right, darling, but you just can't come around like this. You can't pop up at my doorstep. <laughs> okay, wait, no, now do one where you, okay, I'm going to walk away. No, no, okay. here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my number and my information, and I'm going to walk away, and then you're going to like be like, and you're going to, you're stunned, and you're going to take it, and then you're going to be like, you're going to call me back to have dinner with your family. Okay. I mean, call me like back in the okay, driveway. I get, okay? I get it. I get it. Okay. Okay. So like, so like. I'm um, sorry, dear, but you can't come around. I completely understand. And I, I actually, I wrote down my number on this piece of paper. And if you ever wanted to oh. get a coffee or something. But anyway, I'm Jennifer and um, it was really nice to meet you. She turns, she walks away and then. Okay. I unlock my car. Sorry. Okay. Jenny, why don't you come in? We're having supper. You can meet your sister. Scene. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you better set an extra place setting, Daniel. <laughs> you've got a sister. Why is it that when you do that accent, 
like that character comes alive like so profoundly that it's like okay you've lived that life i know and it's a life i've been irish with four pots and pans to my name yeah um it's not even a good irish accent i think i had a i had a beloved math tutor named gronia who was irish gronia is that a common irish or maybe not common irish name it must be an irish name is i guess the question yeah gronia she was an angel and you know it's so wild i got a text like a few weeks ago that was like Hi, Kate. Da, 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 da. It's Gronia. She had texted me thinking it was a different Kate. She was like, the girls have or, soccer at four. And I was like, Gronia? The oldest trick in the book or one I thought I had. Well, I did independently invent as a concept and then discover that Larry David did as well. Right. The fake accidental text. <laughs> Wait, tell me. I don't know okay. it. I don't There's know a whole it. episode. Wait, I want to get this. I want to see if this is right. Oh, I, I think that so like, you know, like you you know, like um, not. Oh, my God. Not for you. I can't remember if it was like, oh, my God, this text wasn't meant for you or if it was like Gronia texts Kate. OK. And so she's like, hey, Kate, you know, blah, 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 blah. OK, something that she wants you to know. Mm. But her cover She's like, oh, oh, my God, this is supposed to go to another Kate, as in the one next in the address book. I see. I see. So so if okay, I wanted so- to make you, Caperland, jealous, OK, that I'm going on vacation. Yeah. You know, I go I go. I'll call Hey, Kate, um, I wanted to say, let's do that lunch after all. But I'm going to Mexico next week. So to get the award. And then you're they like, move the what? award ceremony to next week. So I'm I have to now go then. Ugh, can we reschedule lunch? And then, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Not meant oh for you. Oh, my God. It's the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, no, but I wouldn't Larry award. David does does an episode where I think he utilizes the accidental. So yeah, I would love to have your friend um, and scholar on at some point in the future. That'll be a great guest to note. Who? The one who wrote Motherhood. Oh yeah, oh Sheila. So we'll do that in the future. So this episode really was completely. I mean, this is a wild one. And see, this is the crisis uh, on of the focus, podcast, right? We set out to launch a wellness podcast with a special little twist. And here we have, I would argue, brilliant episode. And if you're listening to us here at Kuroku, I want to thank you for your for your patronship, your patronage. <laughs> I can't do any accents. I'll learn. That was Poog. If you enjoyed Poog, please subscribe, rate, and review. If not, we will press charges. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.